Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. We talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches doing work, changing lives. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with owner of Solace New York, my guest, Hayden Cortland. How are you doing, sir? I'm good. How are you? I am fantastic. Excited to talk Solace, uh, one of my favorite gyms I've ever been to. So uh, as we were saying off air, kind of full circle for me. So let's hop into it. Tell us about who you are, what your model is now, and how you're doing things in the big city. Sure. Yeah. So Solace now uh, is a new company, which opened in March of this year. And it's a, a different model than the previous Solace. We want to do things a little bit different, kind of reopening after after COVID. And the model is kind of a two-pronged approach. One side is having a all-access membership. And the membership, though, is for individuals to come in by themselves or with friends and basically just train kind of on their own or with their groups of friends. So there's no regular scheduled classes that are part of membership. We do put you know, CrossFit programming on the downstairs whiteboard for people that are CrossFitters that want to have some stuff to kind of pick and choose from. But it's a 24-7 key card facility. Everybody gets a pass to come in whenever they want, and they can do whatever kind of training they want. We've got people that follow, you know, existing templates for programming. We've got people that have online coaches. Obviously, that's super popular these days after so many people being indoors, you know, for lockdowns and so forth. So that's a, you know, kind of a, a major aspect of the model is giving people like the freedom to do the kind of training they want with the kind of coach that they want as much or as little oversight that they want. We've got, we're growing pretty steadily little by little, you know, COVID is still a thing that we're dealing with, but uh, you know, we've got about 150 members right now. We're growing a little bit here and there every month. And the other side of the equation is trying to do things a little bit differently for the trainers or coaches and the kind of the classic model that certainly CrossFit gyms have had and a lot of other kind of boutique fitness gyms is, you know, just a lot of back-to-back classes that would be happening during kind of peak times and then a couple on off peak times. And the coaches would get some sort of class rate or hourly rates, and that would be their pay. And it wouldn't be great. Um, you know, one of the, the, the you know, the, the caveats to this is that in New York City, the cost of living is quite high. So, you know, getting a hourly raise a coach anywhere from 30 to maybe $50 an hour is not great. It's a lot of work. And anyone that's been a coach running a class knows that it's draining. You have to be on all the time. You've got to demo, demo everything. And, you know, there's a lot of people taking your class and it's not a lot of money. So we wanted to try to support the trainers uh, in, in a better way. You know, particularly since, I mean, so many of them were hurt during all of these, you know, lockdowns and closures and COVID. I mean, they basically lost their livelihood. A lot of them were forced to move. Um, and so basically trainers can have their own businesses and they can rent space at Solace to train their clients. So they could do a one-off individual session. They can do a small group session. Um, and we do have space on the ground floor where if they did want to start doing kind of classes of their own, um, they can rent that space and, and run a class. And so it's entirely up to them. They choose, you know, what fees they're setting for their clients, for their participants in their classes. Everybody pays them directly. Um, and they're just paying us a fee 
to use the space. So they really have the freedom to create their own business. Um, you know, they have the, the incentive to, to make it bigger, make it better, um, you know, and, and they can make a, a much better profit, you know, in, in most cases, I would imagine from, you know, in comparison of the, the old model. That's a, uh, that is a unique, uh, unique business model, I think, in the world, because for people listening, for, for all intents and purposes, the facility wouldn't look like what you'd expect in a functional fitness or, or CrossFit gym. A lot of familiar equipment, a lot of those type of things, not, not a lot of like selectorized equipment like you'd find it in LA Fitness or something like that. So a lot of, a lot of barbells, kettlebells, pull-up rigs, very unique pull-up rigs, um, different, different stuff like that. But in a world where I talk to gym owners all the time and they have tons of people, right? It's sometimes the bane of their existence saying, Hey, can I just pay you and do my own thing? Can I just go over here and do that? Like you're one of your two main revenue streams is people doing just that. Like, Hey, I use OPEX or I use big dog or I use whoever it is. And I just want to come and carve out my little space on the floor do my thing. And, and it's, it's really just like, um, the concept of, of open gym, like you would go in and use machines at a traditional gym, but with functional fitness equipment in a huge facility, right? Two, two levels, total of 11,000 square feet. So that's your, that's one major revenue stream. And then your other is just collecting rent from trainers. So on your end, from a business model, you're, you're, uh, you're providing equipment to some degree, maybe cleaning facilities, maintenance, things like that, but really not any service level at all as a business owner. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly right. I mean, we, you know, we meet with the trainers, we talk to them on a regular basis. We're always trying to improve both sides of the model. Uh, we want to support the trainers as much as we can. So, you know, we put the trainers that are on board on our website. They got a little profile there. They've got a link to their Instagram. Um, we're starting to advertise, like if they're doing specialty classes, we're starting to put that up on the website so people can click and go to their sign up page and, and sign up for the classes. You know, they get lots of exposure on our social media and Instagram, you know, so we're, we're advertising them a lot, trying to give them the business, uh, you know, as best we can on our end. But yeah, it's, it's their business, you know, so we're here to help. And we're always looking for ways to help them, but you know, we're definitely not going to be managing their business. Yeah. So it's, it's almost more of like a, like a cooperative workspace, like other places that have in, in New York city, which is pretty common. I, um, I was just there and I was working, there's a place in, uh, I don't know where I was in Houston in, in the meatpacking district. And, and there was this place where basically it was, I guess it was along the idea of a WeWork where you can go and you can pay by the day or the month or whatever. And you go in and you set up shop and, you know, you don't have a retail store, but you can work there and, and do whatever you need. So really a, a different, a different model and unique. You are doing a minor amount of marketing. You're marketing the facility, but not necessarily funneling people towards any particular trainer, not doing intake and then assigning people to coaches like a big box gym would. It's really just we've got, we maintain a social media presence. You kind of choose your own adventure once you come in. Largely, yes, but we actually do get people um, periodically that will email us. And so uh, because of this, we actually set up a funnel to do it. Um, they're looking for a trainer, you know, they've heard about us, they see us on social media, you know, we look like a, you know, an excellent facility. 
and you know they want to get some training you know and so basically we've got a little intake form we try to gather some information and we then try to match them with trainers that have availability you know that have that space so you know again it comes down to you know if there is a way that we can help the trainers improve their business and profitability um we will do it and that is one of the ways we do it if people do email us directly for sure okay so that would be a competitive advantage for a trainer to work with you there or to work there versus any other facility that might not do any lead generation might not you know you let's say i don't know what you charge let's say you charge a trainer a thousand dollars a month right and you don't have to give us the numbers if you don't want to if you do that's fine but whatever you charge for any, if it's a thousand dollars a month for you and eight hundred dollars a month down the road but they're not doing any marketing they're not funneling they don't have the same facility or the same, you know, there's, there's a name that's been built with solace over the last seven, eight years. So I'm sure people still come to you looking to do CrossFit classes or looking for instructor led classes or, or whatever the case may be just based on the name. So, so they are buying into something that's a little bit more than just, you know, uptown street corner gym. Yeah, for sure. You know, there's, there's a whole bunch of other places in New York city where you can just sort of like rent space and train clients, um, a lot of those places are, are just not going to, you know, funnel prospective clients to the trainers. Those places tend to be small. Um, they tend to not have the, the space and the CrossFit style equipment and the plethora of racks for serious strength training that we do. So you're getting, you know, it's, it's a higher end facility. The original owners, when they put it together, they wanted to have a, a spacious, well-equipped, you know, aesthetically pleasing facility you know, and where you could at the same time do very serious training and that, you know, and that's, we're trying to carry that on to this, you know, new version of the business for sure. Yeah. So, you know, you have, you have a great location, you have great name recognition for, for fitness in your area. Um, it's something that's kind of been, been synonym, synonymous, you know, with, with Manhattan, you know, high-end training for a long time. Are you doing, I know you said you're doing social media. Are you doing anything in the world of paid marketing? Are you actually doing advertisements? Are you doing anything like that? You mentioned a funnel and that means different things to different people. So I'm curious what you're doing, if anything, on that end. Yeah, so it's interesting. I, um, I wore a whole bunch of different hats in the previous version of Solace. And a good stretch of that time was being involved in tracking membership leads and sources. And we did spend in the old version of Solace quite a bit of money on well, over the course of that business's lifespan, uh, lots of different types of marketing, probably every type of marketing you could think of. Um, and it really didn't work. Um, paid marketing just was not working out. We, in the end, we just felt there, there was just when we weren't getting, you know, any return for the investment. And part of it was it's extremely difficult to track whether or not you're getting a return on investment with this kind of marketing. Um, but, you know, I did, you know, I'm a scientist by trade. And I did a whole lot of like kind of analysis of like the raw data, where people were coming from, how they were finding us. I still do it now in this version of the business. I try to ask everybody that joins. And, you know, the common theme we were getting is just, you know, the number one source was, was it was all organic. It was people knew about us through friends or family or coaches or the natural social media presence we built up, you know, on Instagram. Uh, those were the main ways, you know, we, we do have pretty strong ties with CrossFit, you know, we uh, house CrossFit Solace, um, the affiliate owner of that. So we, we do get traffic, you know, directly through CrossFit searches. I'm also a starting strength coach. 
Um, so we've got very strong ties with the starting strength community. So we do get people looking into us uh, along, you know, those lines of interest as well. But it, it's just, we found that it just organic works better. You know, we just try to create those connections and, and those kinds of different outreaches that are more, you know, natural and personal, you know, and just keep the momentum going. Got it. Got it. So you've come from that experience and you can kind of see, you know, what, what's worked, what hasn't. And, and it's cool that you mentioned, you know, being, being a scientist by, by education um, and, and by trade, right. You are involved in another business that's also in the science and fitness and health world. Yeah. So I, that actually kind of, you know, came first originally. I, so, you know, I, my, most of my years was spent, you know, getting education in science and doing research. And so ultimately I, I have a PhD in orthopedics. I was a research scientist and faculty. Um, and basically I transitioned away from that into fitness. And kind of at that time, I basically had like an online website with like educational articles. I started like helping my friends get better, kind of personal training them on the side. Um, and that just sort of kind of took off little by little. I started to become a coach and, you know, get certifications and, and do more coaching on a regular basis. And the online business, you know, basically kind of grew little by little every year, grew a lot during COVID. Um, and so there's, you know, that's like a kind of a whole separate business, you know, that's basically fitness education, you know, and it does have an online coaching and in-person coaching component. Um, but yeah, I mean, it dovetailed pretty well, you know, science uh, definitely connects quite well to fitness and health. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Whether, whether some people want to believe it or not, a lot of things can be analyzed and measured and there aren't there many surprises when it comes to people's actual you know general wellness or you have your outlying specimens but a lot less snowflakes when you pull it down to the scientific side of things so yep. uh, I'm curious of how you determined um, a rent model versus a revenue share model and the the thing that's that I'm thinking of and I'm sure you know with with your analytical background this is going to be great you know, I'm thinking people come in and they pay you, I think, uh, I think I saw it's about $200 a month for your, your access membership, right? Somewhere in that neighborhood, mm -hmm. which I mean, for where you are, for the equipment you have, I think is, is a, you know, a, a bargain at that, but there, I, what I'm trying to find is the connection to, you know, if something would behoove you to where, if you had a revenue share model, you know, maybe getting some people like, Hey, you should go to a trainer. Hey, you should go to a trainer versus you know a rent model where some people might think you know it looks on the surface like your interests may not be aligned so what what was the breakdown for you and what made you determine to go that way um i think i think part of it was just past experience with using revenue share and other types of offerings that the previous styles had we had something called like cycles where it would be you know, like almost like a mini course, X number of weeks, the person, you know, the people in the class would be kind of small group, they get customized programming and much more attention to the coach. And depending on the people that signed up, it'd be like a revenue share. And it was just, it was one of these things where it became very um, complicated to keep track of all this stuff and do the math and make sure everybody's getting paid right. But also became a little bit tense for the coach because like potentially if they didn't get enough people, then the revenue share wouldn't be worth it for them. And it was always this sort of this unknown as to how this is gonna be playing out. So we really didn't wanna make things complicated like that. Certainly not you know, in the beginning. Also, 
we're still dealing with the effects of COVID. So people are still struggling to some extent across the board. And that would be a whole nother layer of stress where the uncertainty might hit home a little bit harder even, you know, um, just not knowing what the fluctuations would be of attendance and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's possible down the road that, you know, we'll, we'll change the model, we'll change the prices and stuff like that. Um, you know, we're probably going to make some changes, you know, coming up starting in January, but it's, it's sort of like little by little feeling it out, seeing what's working, you know, seeing how the trainers feel, seeing how many people are coming back and just, you know, try to make small incremental changes, um, to, you know, improve things, you know, customer experience and profitability. So really at the outset, it's a matter of keeping it simple and also, again, providing this environment where it's more attractive for trainers to come to you if they're looking for that. If they're looking to say, hey, you're going to tell me I'm going to run my own business. It's cool if you want to send me some leads here and there, but I'm here based on knowing I'm going to run this the way that I want and I'm on my own, you know, whether I have one client or or a hundred or to whatever point it gets, you know, maybe gets to be a, an overwhelm. Um, this is what I'm going to pay. So really in that attractiveness of like what you're doing, where it aligns for you as a business, if you're going to bring people in and suggest a trainer or link them up with a trainer, it's really just a matter of, Hey, the more gainfully employed this person is, the more likely they are to be able to keep paying rent with me. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we, you know, it comes down to that as well. We want to support them, you know, want them to grow and we want, you know, ideally it'd be nice to have, you know, at least a handful of trainers that really, this is their base of operation. It's their home. They've got their business here. You know, it's well fleshed out. They're making a good living. You know, we're supporting them. They're supporting us. You know, we've got a few already and, you know, we're trying to get more. And it's just, it's going to be hard to do that if we're taking rev shares right off the bat. And if we're not sending them clients, if people reach out, you know, it's just not, not in the spirit of what we're trying to do here. You know, we're trying to help, help the trainers. I mean, you know, I used to be, and still am a coach and a trainer, you know, so I, I know what it's like, you know. <laughs> I hope you cut yourself a break on rent anyway. <laughs> a little bit, you know, but um, still trying to support the gym as much as I can, you know. Yeah. So you're, uh, so we're in November now. So about eight months ish into this new model, what things would you say have have gone to plan and have you had to call any audibles? Has it been anything that's kind of surprised you in running this way? Because you didn't really have any body of, of, of work or anything to look to, right? There aren't many, if any people that I've talked to running a model like this. So, so how have things gone, you know, which things have gone the way you thought and which things haven't? Um, the, yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I think um, the, the first thing that stands out that, you know, I don't know that the, the plan was that we were going to have a very difficult time ramping up membership and trainers because of COVID. Um, and that turned out not to be the case. Um, we were successfully growing memberships and trainers, you know, every month since we opened in March. Um, so that was unexpected, but welcomed. And, you know, I think it's just because people were slowly coming back to the city. People were really wanting to get back to the gym, you know, and that just sort of kept this steady flux. So we didn't really expect that, but it was wonderful. It was great. Um, the, you know, we, we did kind of expect that we were going to get in our membership base now um, sort of a collection of individuals that were perhaps a little bit more serious about training and their health and their fitness. Um, 
people that just take classes could be very serious about the, you know, their training, but there's also a lot of people that take those classes in the past that just would kind of bounce around and want to just feel like sweating and dying on the floor and just not really focused on the actual movements and loads and stuff they're doing. And, and that turned out to be the case. Like the people here tend to be very serious about their, what they're doing. They're very respectful of the equipment. You know, they talk to each other, um, you know, they help each other out. They're considerate of space usage. Um, you know, they'll get together for community workouts every now and then. So it's, uh, it's definitely a much more um, low-key, more respectful community of members, you know, that are kind of a little bit more unified in their, in their purpose and intention. Um, so that was, you know, kind of went as we had hoped and as, as we planned. On the trainer side, I think we expected classes to kind of pick up a little bit more and be a little bit more, um, you know, populated. And we found that to kind of not be the case. Uh, it's, it's a little bit difficult for people to kick off classes still. People still have virtual classes they're doing. Um, still not full people back in the city and the offices and stuff like that. So it is picking up a little bit. We're getting, you know, coaches are able to start doing classes a little bit more that want to, but that's definitely slower than we thought it would be. The, uh, the coach in class thing is something I wanted to touch on. And since you brought it up, it seems like a, a good time to do so. Is that something that they are doing also in the constraints of their own businesses? Is it cooperative where one trainer might train another trainer's clients if they were looking for a little extra thing where they're collaborating with each other. How does that work out right now? The classes are just another option for the trainer to have as part of their business here. And so they would rent the space on the ground floor. Um, you know, they can do it like once a week or they do it every now and then, you know, and they play, they pay a class rate and they can have as many people as, you know, they can kind of fit in that space comfortably. Um, it would be, you know, booked on whatever website they're using to manage things. And, you know, they would just pay us, um, so it's just a question of, you know, whether or not they like to coach classes. Do they have a kind of following of people that are going to take the classes? Um, there isn't too much kind of overlap among like kind of coaches or trainers working together. Um, you know, we have a couple that have become friends and they kind of covered for each other when they were away. So there's a little bit of overlap between the two of them. But for the most part, every you know trainer or coach here has their kind of their own approach to fitness, their own style, their own take on it. And so they then kind of, you know, gather individuals that really are aligned with that particular, you know, style or modality. Yeah. Okay. So the, the general setup, so trainers that are renting space, training people, are they mostly doing that in your lower level and the upper level is primarily your all access members? So the, the lower, the lower. access to the, to the lower? Yeah, I mean, everybody has access to everything. Um, okay. lower, the lower level is prime real estate because you've got the weightlifting racks, you've got the strength area, you've got the big double CrossFit platform, the turf. So you can't just go down there and just hold a class there. We never close off that kind of large CrossFit-y type area unless it's like an hour on a, like a Sunday for a community event or a fundraiser or something like that. So no, the classes have to be on the ground floor, you know, so there can't be any massive dropping of weights from overhead in those classes. Um, they have to be constructed accordingly. And, you know, if it's a class, you're getting the whole space, so you've got to reserve that in advance. Um, but, you know, the coaches can do that or they can just do private training in small groups. You know, those can be done kind of anywhere where it's free. That's, that's super cool this, to know, like, how they have different options. And again, giving, you know, one of the things that needs to make, you want to be attractive to clients, but also to trainers, and you're offering those different things. And, 
and giving them the flexibility. And I know it's it's going to be really hard for our listeners to picture what the layout of the space is. And, uh, you know, you're really going to have to check out the social media and see what it is. It'll all start to add up because it's uh, it's it's unique if, you know, amongst, you know, no matter how many gyms you've seen. So you have you have this model that you're working in and it's fluid, it's dynamic. You're going to, you know, analyze what's working, what's not. What do you see for, you know, for the future of this new incarnation of Solace? Are there other things that you want to bring on? Is it just upstaffing with more trainers as people come back to the city, which, you know, to, to an outsider, they may say, oh, it looks like New York's, you know, it's back to millions of people. But like you said, the, the office buildings are closed. People are working from home. They're either using their apartment gyms or Pelotons or things like that still. So, you know, what is the, uh, what else do you have on the uh, on the wish list on the long term projection for uh, for this version of Solace New York? I think we definitely want to grow the the trainer base more. We want to have you know more trainers here and and support them more. Uh, I think we want to support the classes a little bit more, kind of target and figure out what classes are you know the greatest demand, and you know kind of link up with coaches and trainers that you know are are doing that type of, of coaching, offering those kind of classes. I think there's certainly going to still be demand for virtual experiences. So one of the things we, I think we would like to do is once classes start getting into a rhythm, you know, whatever classes trainers decide to do, you know, start streaming them, um, you know, and having those available uh, for people that, you know, don't want to come in or aren't able to come in, you know, getting a little bit more of a, you know, non-local outreach, you know, but getting people to kind of engage with us that way. Um, would be a nice thing to do. Um, we do have a, you know, what was formerly a yoga room um, that's kind of no longer being used right now. It's the room off of the ground floor area. Uh, currently not being used. We're not really sure what, you know, we want to kind of turn that into. Um, it is used right now for storage and a lot of the trainers like will do virtual sessions or kind of film videos and stuff like that in there. Um, so there's some interesting possibilities with, you know, potentially, you know, doing more virtual um products um so well to see you know it really kind of depends on you know how the landscape of fitness changes you know will virtual stay around is that always going to be a component of it you know to what extent will coaches want to balance you know in person and virtual and just kind of like go with that flow yeah i definitely think that that virtual is gonna it's gonna keep some place you know i think there's still people that need to show up some somewhere and and you know just the act of walking into the gym swiping their key card whatever it is puts them in the mind state where they're going to get some work done and you know we see in in the more traditional gym models that there's a growth of a you know a hybrid platform someone sees a coach once a week works out twice virtually or or you know two and two or whatever the combination may be but i think that's one of those things that is still still growing and evolving and you know, until, you know, we're fully out of this pandemic mode, whatever that looks like, whatever the timeline is, it'll be hard to gauge who's going to want to do what. Some people want to just rush back to the gym because they can. Some people don't want to come back too quickly. But when, when all their options are on the table equally, then you'll be able to figure out who really wants to do what. I know, you know, Peloton is as big as a surge as they had during the pandemic you know, they just, you know, they took a huge hit, you know, missed projections. And, you know, I don't want to see any companies do poorly 
but I'm always going to root for the people that are in there, you know, touching people, having face-to-face uh, -face interactions because it's the background. It's where I come from. I think there's a space for that, but it's really one of those things where it seemed more like a band-aid than, you know, in a, a super, I mean, the model is cool. I, you know, use the things and it's, it's great, but I don't think it was going to take over the fitness industry. Like a lot of people were afraid it was. So I think there's still going to be room for people like people. They like being around people. They, you know, we respond if you have a good coach. So definitely excited to see where, you know, where this iteration of solace goes. So we are starting to run down on time a little bit here, but I'm interested to know, I think normally I'll ask people who've been in the business as long as you have, you know, if you could go back to before you were an owner, you know, is there one lesson that you would, that you would give yourself or one thing that you would like to tell yourself? And, and I'm interested a little bit of a different twist on that. And uh, you can answer both if you want. Um, but with the model that you have now and how you're implementing it, I'm really curious if you would have done it sooner, knowing not even if you knew that there was going to be a pandemic, but just if you had dreamed this up five years ago, would you have gone to it if you had the option? Is it something that you think um, would have would have been something you pushed for with your partners or ownership group, your involvement, you know, if there weren't ever a pandemic or, or things didn't change in the business uh, landscape for Solace? I think, I think back then I, I would not have pushed for this model. Um, one of the reasons that I did not mention that this model is I think working well now is that we do have a sizable portion of kind of the fitness population that knows how to train. They know how to move well. They have learned a lot of the movements, whether they be the, you know, the basic barbell lifts or you know, the CrossFit style lifts. And when we kind of first started out way back then, there's a lot of people just didn't have that. Like I had people that just didn't know any of the CrossFit movements. They were eager for those types of gymnastics movements and the Olympic lifting movements and all that. And there was just tremendous demand for large amounts of people to get that kind of education in a, in a quicker way. And that just was, would not be sustainable with, with this model. Um, and, you know, really there was a huge demand back then and we had tons of members and that worked really well. People really, you know, were eager to learn and all that. But what happened, you know, over the years, uh, very, you know, to the point where right before we kind of closed for COVID that there was, we were seeing a lot of people, they just, they kind of didn't really want to be coached in that way anymore. They kind of knew what they needed to know, you know, and they wanted to go in a different direction, pursue things that were more individualized and customized. And, that that shift took several years and you know crossfit's not new anymore you know a lot of people have learned the movements you know so there's now i think is the time where there's quite a few more people you know that are able to train more independently um so i would not have done that back then i think, I think now is the right time awesome awesome and then to really just kind of put a bow on on everything that you've come across in your time in the in the fitness industry is there anything, if you could pick one thing, you know, it's like going, going back and, you know, and investing in Berkshire Hathaway 30 years ago, if there was one, you know, insider tip you could have given yourself from day one that you think would have pushed you forward the most in this industry, what do you think it would be? Um, I mean, I think it's, you know, it was back then it was a different company, you know, that I didn't own. 
um, you know, so it's easy to, to look back and, and come up with these things. But I think it's, it's really important that, you know, people realize that if you're going into the gym ownership business, that it's, it's difficult to make a profit. So you, you need to be very cautious with your build outs. Um, you obviously, you don't want to overpay on build outs, but you also want to make sure that it's done well enough where you're not going to be straddled with repair bills for years, you know, um, that are just, that are unnecessary because it wasn't done right in the first place. So I think it's really be judicious with your money, you know, make sure quality work is done, um, you know, and, you know, little by little set yourself up for, for, for a profit in that way. Be very, very cautious and frugal. Perfect. Perfect. Great way to wrap it up. So we are officially out of time, but before I let you go, I want to make sure that if people are listening and they want to check you out, they want to find more information about Solace, What's the website? What are the social media handles? Where can people find you in the, on the interwebs and social media? Yeah, so the best way is on our webpage, solidwork.com. New York is spelled out. And most active social media is Instagram. It's at Solves New York. Again, spelled out New York. Perfect. And all that, including the spelling, it will be in the show notes. I thank you so much for being here with, with us today, sir. It's It's been a pleasure. My uh my, my brain's leaking out of my ears a little bit, and uh, I'm just going to keep thinking about different business models now because of you. Great. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Fantastic. And to everybody out there listening, as always, we appreciate your time. Thank you for spending some of your day with us. We hope you found this valuable. Maybe you're thinking about starting a, what you thought was a wild, unfounded new business model, and uh, now you've heard it. It is viable. You can do it. Um, take a chance on yourself. To everybody out there listening in Jim Lords Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives, keep kicking ass. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now let's head into the next interview. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches and learn more about their business and business knowledge as a whole. I'm your host, Ryan Carson, and today we're here with Angel Rodriguez. Angel, how's it going, man? Good, Ryan. How you doing? I'm good, man. Thank you for being on here today. Uh, thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely, man. So let's kind of get right into this. So what is the name of your gym and where are you guys located at? Uh, so I'm in Ontario, California. Uh, we go by both CrossFit Saga and Saga Fit Collective, and we're okay. still kind of, you know, a little associated with the CrossFit name at the moment, but, you know, we're kind of in possibility change of, you know, just kind of reformatting a little bit of what we fully basically provide to our community. Not okay. so much changing the full structure, but just trying to expand into more than just what it was. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense, man. Yeah. So looking, looking to add add more value or something like add more services to what you guys offer exactly a little bit more services more than just you know the crossfit by itself and just kind of more making it a full-on you know community gym to where you know even if it's someone that doesn't quite necessarily want to do the full-on crossfit stuff there might be something else that's available for them or just 
you know, kind of yeah. reassociating with not having people have the wrong name sometimes tied to it. They get a little bit intimidated by it. Um, so just, you know, those couple little things to where we want to kind of make, make it be more aware that this is for everybody and yeah. that anyone and everyone from, you know, kids to, um, you know, your grandma can do it. So it's just one of those things that's more about actually being taught correctly as, as far as being, you know, keeping it safe and not, you know, being hurt or you just get a lot of bad reps sometimes with the whole process world that. sometimes. Yeah, I get, I get that. And yeah, you're right. Like a lot of people probably think that it's only CrossFit, right? So you're, you're looking to change that, you know, get, let them know that like anyone can come in, you know, just, you don't have to do CrossFit if you don't want to, like we have some for everyone. Exactly. Just yeah. a little bit more, you know, to try to, you know, help expanding as well and just kind of put the word out there more. Cause I mean, at the end of the day, the ideology that is behind CrossFit is a great one and it's very sure. beneficial for people. Um, yeah. Again, just sometimes, you know, it's not always the best when people hear about it. It doesn't quite help sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I get that, man. So kind of tell me a little bit about you. Um, so we, now we were talking before, you know, you kind of gave me a little bit of a background on this. So tell me how you acquired the gym. Like, um, is that something you were looking for at all? Um, you know, what? it's it's actually a little bit of an interesting story just because uh, me, myself, personally, you know, I've always wanted to have my own business and multiple businesses, you know, the end goal um, to be kind of helping run a few different uh, various things. At the yeah. time of the moment, I really wasn't too sure what the business was going to be. You know, I just kind of kept looking for opportunities and just kind of things that kind of worked out. Um, to be honest, it's kind of interesting. The reason I say that is because I came into the gym that I currently own as a just um, a Groupon member. So oh, okay. Okay. I found them on Groupon. They had a little deal. At the time and moment, I was already kind of working out at a regular, you know, 24-hour fitness, and yeah. I was hitting it pretty good at, on a daily. Where I was working at the moment, the place that I was managing, there was actually a little CrossFit box in that area. So I used to see people running around my building with weights carrying around them, <laughs> flipping tires, doing these, you know, odd end things that were kind of crazy. And then so yeah. a buddy of mine introduced me to, you know, back then it was first opening CrossFit Saga, and he was like, hey, they have a little um, Groupon for two months if you want to go check it out with me. Really, really cheap. And, and it was. It was super, super dirt cheap for that Groupon. Yeah. Um, I ended up joining. And basically, you know, I, I really really ended up loving it and really just kind of got into it just not only for myself and what I was seeing it, you know, build in me, but also I did kind of quickly, immediately kind of see the benefits that it could have, you know, for just yeah. everyone. And just, the, again, the main fundamentals of what CrossFit does teach you is very beneficial. You know, the whole, yeah. whole body movements and constantly working out on everything and also helping you with your balance, your coordination, uh, yeah. flexibility, all that, you know, it's, it's a big part for us just to be moving on a regular life. Um, yeah. You know, that's why I tell people it shouldn't hurt to, you know, go walk around Disneyland for the day. As much yeah. as people are aching after that, that should be something that's normal to us, you know. Walking yeah. should be nothing that's stressful to the body. If it is, that's where I tell people, well, you got to start working on, you know, building some muscle there. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, to kind of go push forward again, you know, I ended up um, really liking it. Within a year, I decided to try to push myself to become a trainer, especially since they were near a gym. I talked to the owners then and said, hey, is there, you know, a possibility that if I did look into becoming a trainer, would you guys give me a chance, you know, to start coaching here? And they gave me the the yeah. So I basically, you know, started 
pursuing into, you know, look into what I had to do to become an official CrossFit trainer, um, get certified and all that. And then within a year, like, again, I started, you know, coaching with them. At first, it started very, very little. I'm just, you know, a couple hours a week, not much. Things kind of progressed a little bit more and more. I started, you know, um, coaching a bit more. It got to a point where the original owners, um, there was four of them. One of them, two of them were stepping out. And just because it just wasn't working out for them, things, you know, different reasons with their whole partnership. And that's where it basically became an, an opportunity for me to jump in but with a partner. And so there was a moment, there was two chances before, or maybe like one chance before I actually jumped in, mm -hmm. they had the opportunity to kind of um, be a partner as well. But the original opportunity didn't quite fit me just because the people that were still gonna be the other owners, um, I just knew we weren't gonna, we weren't really gonna match at all. Okay, um, yeah. Those things were, I just knew our work styles were completely different and it just wasn't gonna work out when the opportunity did arise to where, you know, it was still going to be one other owner and myself. So at this point, it was only going to be a partner versus, you know, three or four of us. Um, it was still somebody where, you know, I didn't fully, fully know them like that. You know, I just knew them kind of from the gym. They were another trainer there too. And so we just kind of knew each other in that sense. I knew they were in the industry for a little while, but at the same time, I still kind of had a little feeling that, you know, things may not work out, but for me, it was the opportunity and the chance for it to happen. It just happened to be that sure. I had sold my house, I made some profit, so I had some money to be able to jump in and you know basically become a business owner. And so for me, again, that was my main goal is to you know always have my own business at that time moment. And I still have the passion, obviously, for the coaching and the training. I loved it. I loved the whole aspect of it. So I said, you know what, this is a good time for me to get myself in through the door. And from here on now, I just have to make it work. Um, yeah. And I'm not big on that. You know, it's the same thing when I first bought my first house. It's just, it wasn't a house I could fully afford. But right. I said, if I can get myself in there, I will make it work. You know, whether it's getting roommates yeah. like that, you know, I'll figure it out. So same thing, you know, I first jumped in. Um, this was 2018 when I bought it into the gym. And that's when I became a partner with somebody else. Um, mm -hmm. So the first, not even the full year. Probably within eight months, our partnership ended um, just because they weren't really, you know, into it the same way I was. The passion wasn't there the correct way. They were more there just kind of for the money and they were expecting that to be there right away. Right. Um, it was just a little bit of different aspects. Again, you know, it, it, it was a little bit understandable at the same time just because I myself was single, didn't have no kids, no wife, nothing. They already kind of had a family. So it was kind of hard because they kind of needed financial already be, you know, to be coming in. So it just yeah. didn't, make things, it didn't make things good because it just created issues, um, you know, within the partnership and within the gym and just, um, it just wasn't making things work correctly. You know, and I don't, I don't like to get too much into that stuff just because sure, I'm sure. a negative person and all that. Um, but at the end of the day, basically I just had to buy them out. It was one of those things where, you know, I had to make a decision. And again, to me, I was very, very passionate about the place, about having my own business and all that. And, and I knew, you know, it wasn't anything that's gonna, even if this didn't work out, I knew I was still gonna continue in that world. But yeah. again, I decided to just give them an offer basically that was a little bit, you know, like, okay, take this, this is a good way out. This is still a good chunk, probably more than I would have should have given them because at the time the gym was not doing very well at all. But mm -hmm. again, it was more just my way to like, all right, 
I have it, go ahead and give it to them, get them out of here. And now it's just all you. you yeah. Know, and that, that's the main thing that I kind of wanted it to be eventually, you know, just in, in all honest opinion, just because at the end of the day, you know, partnerships are very tough. And they are. it's just a lot easier when, you know, you can make the full decisions. It's, it's, you know, I still obviously take a lot of opinions from others and members and things like that. And I'm willing to, you know, to take here different options. And, you know, that's, that's great. But at the end of the day, um, you know, I, I am the type that does want to make that final decision just because I feel like I kind of have a better idea as to, you know, my vision as to where I'm trying to fully end up, you know, end goal, basically. Yeah, man, like no one knows your business like you do. Right. So yeah, it's, it's good to take in different opinions and things. But, you know, at the end of the day, like you said, only you know where you want to take it. And like, only you know, like what you're capable of, like other people can, they can think, you know, members and things like they all have a different, you know, they have a vested interest in kind of doing what they want, right? Not always what's best for the business. So one cool thing about this, you know, is man, that you've been like through every aspect of, of your own business, like, you know, Groupon, you know, and then member and then trainer and now owner, like, that's pretty cool. Like you've saw every different level from the way up. So do you think that's helped you like in, you know, running the business, you know, seeing it at every different level? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, you know, even going back to the whole Groupon aspect, you know, when I fully became the sole owner, um, sucks to say, but I got rid of that because, yeah. you know, in a in a business perspective, it, and it, you know, into my eyes, it wasn't saying that I was working. Um, yeah. Because yeah. a lot of the times, you know, I'm one of the anomalies that actually ended up staying. You're and a unicorn. A lot of people that end up doing. Groupon happen to be people that are just looking for that deal. And once that deal is over, they're just going to look for another place in the area that's holding a deal and mm-hmm. just jump on that. So yeah. my big thing with Groupon is that it's hard to actually get good actual clients. A lot of the people aren't, aren't really long-term clients. Yeah. And that's one of the main things that I really try to focus on is the long-term part of it. Um, not just, you know, get some people through this, through the door this month, who cares if they leave, give me another 10 next month. Um, I'm more about, you know, I'm okay with the slow, gradual growth as long as it's longevity, longevity growth. You know, I'm looking more for something that's going to, a member that's going to want to be there a couple of years, not just someone that wants to, you know, go for a month. So that's yeah. one thing that I found with Groupon because I did leave it for a little bit just to try it out. But yeah. that was one big issue is that I never really had a good, you know, turnout as far as clients that actually stayed on board for a while. Right. Every now and then, yeah, but it was just a lot unlikely. And then on top of the fact that Groupon is very greedy, um, they take yeah. a very huge percentage and they like to do deals when they do their deals that are 20, 30% off. They don't tell the business about it. They're just throwing it out there and you still take the hit. You know, it'd be different if Groupon said, all right, we're going to do our own 30% off. You're still getting what you originally had exactly. versus like, you know, if they had a Groupon deal for, let's say even hundred bucks for a month, Groupon throws their own 50% off, brings it down to 50. It'd be nice if I still got my 100, but no, they gave me their percentage yeah. of the 50. What in, yeah. re- in return would only be, you know, 20, 25 bucks. Yeah. It just makes no sense for me to, you know, take on that client because um, at the end of the day, that's another thing is that, again, I'm big on being correct with all my clients. I'm not going to, you know, it's hard for me just because someone only paid 20 bucks not to give them no attention. And yeah. when it's when it's a new member, they take a lot of attention. So yeah. to me, it comes down to I'm not gonna take away the attention from my actual clients that are paying, 
you know, the correct full price just to, you know, one person that's going to, you know, possibly not stay there and is barely anything coming in. So yeah, it just, both, it, it just didn't make sense in a business aspect and also for my current clients aspect, you know, because that's one of the main things. They're, they're the ones that are really, you know, helping me uh, make the community grow and all that. So that's why, yeah, I just kind of went away with the Groupon stuff. But yeah. you know, it's it's something to where like yeah, it, it made it, it made me kind of see you know how it worked out because I did leave it for a little bit just because I did think about myself and how yeah you know, I was one of the ones that stayed. But yeah, at the end of the day, it just didn't work out. Um, but yeah. yeah, I mean, going back to your original question, being a member and a trainer first before being an owner definitely helped out, especially the trainer aspect, just because you kind of have feel of what people want out of the gym and what they're expecting and also for the price that you're paying what you're trying to get out of it you mm-hmm. know and the big thing and, and that's one of the big things that I, it helped me to kind of learn and you know to try to provide back to my members you know because i look at it like okay if i was in their position this is what i would want to um, yeah you know and and things like for example hiring different coaches um that's that's a tough that's a tough part for me just because we're still kind of up and growing it's hard for me to keep a trainer on board just because usually they're only working part-time hours. So mm-hmm. a lot of the times when someone's on a part-time, if they end up having to find something else that's more sufficient for them or they find a whole other gig that's full-time, they end up leaving me and I got to find another part-time trainer. So I can kind of be tough, but at the end of the day, I know having more trainers is very big because you know having more opinions that you can give to your members, different ways to you know give someone um, a teaching note or a cue of how to do something correctly, the way you might correct someone might be different from the way I correct them. And mm-hmm. just the change of words or the change of, you know, metaphors that someone might use or examples could be the difference between a member understanding it and not understanding it. So that's yeah. why, you know, I like to have my members and my clients have different perspectives more than just myself. Um, and, you know, that's just one thing that it has been a little bit tough, but that's one thing where, you know, I'm, I'm still like kind of working on, but, um, I mean, yeah, definitely, you know, the answer is basically, yeah, to, it's definitely <laughs> helped me to see all the steps and yeah. see you know, different areas before actually being, you know, the forefront myself. Yeah, for sure, man. And yeah, you're right. Like you're, you're definitely an anomaly. Um, as far as the Groupon thing goes, uh, really like a unicorn because like, not only did you stay on, but you bought the damn place too. Like, <laughs> I don't think that probably happens too much. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That that's awesome, man. And so yeah, that's, that's a joke among friends and I for sure, you know, where they yeah. just talk about that. You remember you got that got that group on? Oh, that's your gym, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Like I, I've heard stories of trainers going up, but I've never heard anything like that. So that that's pretty cool, man. Um now with Groupon being out, like what do you guys do to get new people in the door now? Um, you know, currently just because like I said, with the whole scenario of you know, 2020 and yeah, you know, things kind of yeah. being a little bit ruined. Um, I had to kind of go back to just word of mouth and a lot of referrals. You know, I, I have a referral yeah. program that I do with my members to where, you know, if they bring in new clients, um, they get a discount on their following month and things of that nature. And again, I do a lot of things where I'm looking for long term clients. So I also have it mm-hmm. to where, you know, you're bringing a friend every month, they stay up until three months, you're going to be getting a little benefit from it, whether it's a discount or just some incentive at the gym to where, yeah. you know, it's for me, again, I'm trying to get people to actually find me a friend that is actually truly interested, 
not mm-hmm. just some coworker that asked him, Hey, where do you go work out? Like here, there's my place, go check it out. You know, yeah. I actually do want um, the current community members to try to help and build us in the mm-hmm. correct way. So that's yeah. one of the biggest ways that we've actually been able to grow is mm-hmm. especially in the last, you know, um, year, year and a half is through referrals. Um, I've done a little bit of ads here and there in the past, not too, too much. I do plan to try to go a bit more um, heavier on the ads this next coming year, especially because mm-hmm. I feel things are starting to get a little bit more back to where people are wanting to come out and, you know, get back into, you know, the regular world. And so yeah. I feel like that's going to be a good chance to actually get benefit from the ads where in 2020, when I did run a couple of ads, basically got no attention. And, and I'm sure a lot of it was due to the fact that no one wanted to go out. They were still a little bit, you know, airy about things and just with everything going on. And the fact that it, there was months where they couldn't go out technically because yeah, supposed to be done for. Um, yeah, man, that's and that's a good point you make there. Yeah, we've saw, um, you know, over over here and and even in my gym too, like my ads lately have been over like the last you know five to six months. Uh, I've been getting a, a lot better return on those. So yeah, you're right. Like people are people are getting to be okay with it again, and that that definitely helps out. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting. You know what I what I like about what you said is you're not looking just for anyone to come in. Like, and I think a lot of people they think they're helping out a business. They're like, oh yeah, I'm going to send someone your way. But I like the fact that you specify like, hey, like I need someone. Thank you for thinking of me. But like, we want someone serious that's going to stay. Because you don't want someone that you put all this time and effort into and they don't end up staying, right? Like, and, and that's not a good, it's not a good fit for your um, culture either. Like, you know, you want people that are invested, people that are really looking to make changes and grow with your gym. So I like that you stipulate that, you know, um, for what you want. I mean, because although, yeah, you could get some good upfront cash that way, you know, that's not what we're looking to do. Like you want, like you want good community. You want people that are going to stay that's always been you know my main focus is the community aspect and just really you know bringing that up um, oh your mic is kind of messed up a little bit i think hear me now yeah yeah oh sorry about that maybe i just got a little that's all right. connection but yeah i mean you know that's always been the main key for me is just the community and making that grow and you know again like my big thing is about doing things the correct way um I'm not so much one to, you know, care about the numbers as much right now. My main focus is just providing that at best, like the best I can for the clients and doing, you know, the best to change their lives. Because I think for me in the long run, I look at it in, in that aspect to where, you know, let's say you are my client. If I change your life, even if it takes a year, your buddies and your friends and family are all going to start noticing. And eventually they're going to ask you about how you did it or, you know, what, what, what basically got you there. And mm-hmm. that's, you know, that's more what I'm looking for so that I made such a big impact in your life to where you're going to go ahead and want to share this with your friends and family. And that's going to help me get more people through my door as well and more yeah. people that I can help um, as well. So, I mean, that's definitely, you know, the, the main thing that I like to focus on. Um, and I know there's a lot of places that, you know, don't and it's just about numbers. And, you know, it, it, it's hard and I understand that because, you know, there's definitely a financial aspect that, sure. you know, it does matter as well. Um, we all got to survive. But that's why I say, thankfully, you know, I'm, you know, I am in, in a position to where, again, I'm basically myself, you know, and 
Yeah. Because my wife helps a lot to where it does. You know, if I got to eat a couple of noodles this week because I missed the plane <laughs> or didn't get enough, then I got to do it, you know, but, it, yeah. you know, because at the end of the day, it's just like, I can't, I can't go away from my focus. You know, I can't, even though, you know, going back to the upfront money, um, there's been times too, even I've thought about doing, you know, the whole six week challenge, like, you know, what is out there with, you know, camp transformations and things of that nature. Right. Um, but again, to me, I feel like, you know, that's in a sense, you're almost kind of hoping on the, on hoping that the, that the client doesn't meet the requirements or doesn't lose the weight so that, mm. you know, you just take in the money and they mm -hmm. lose out. And, and, and at the end of the day, I feel like that's what that model is kind of more based about to get that quick upfront cash. Mm -hmm. You have to constantly keep doing it and doing it and doing it. And I, I'm not really a fan of that. You know, I, I want to actually help people make the change and actually make them, you know, fully um, get through their transformation or whatnot, whatever it may be. So at the end of the day, again, you know, they're a happy person. They see the change in their regular life, physically, emotionally, mentally, because working out is more than just physical aspect. Yeah, um, it is. It is. The mental part, part is huge. For sure. And and that's where, I, you know, I see that even with myself, you know, having a bad day sometimes or just didn't work out, lost some clients, things like that. Go work out myself. You just feel better. You know, it's just yeah. one of those things where it's just the mental stimulation that's great for you. And so um, it just kind of go, all goes back to that. Is that's where I kind of want to provide for people. Basically, like I said, what I see in myself and how it's helped me so much, I want to try to, you know, to return that to others as well. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I love it. So it's, you know, it's kind of like, you're, like you're building on a solid foundation. Like that's the goal. Like, you know, like the, like you don't want to build a house on sand. Right. So right. that's, that's the big thing. And I, and I love that. And, and that's the thing, like, you know, you can get a lot of leads and get people in the door. And, and I still think there are ways to get those quality leads in, but mm -hmm. the big thing is retention. Like right. if you never had anyone leave from the time that you opened, like you wouldn't be having to get new people. Right. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. So that's where the, the value providing more service, like you're looking to do, like yeah. you're wanting to, to give them. I would, I would be in Hawaii having this meeting with you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Hawaii. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But no, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's You're true. I'm, yeah. About that. yeah. I used to live out there. So yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. So um, we're getting kind of towards the end of our time here on the podcast. So um, we've talked a little bit about growth, but uh, give me an idea, like a run through, like in a year from now, like what does growth look like for you? Um, again, this next year, you know, I'm, I'm pretty staying pretty helpful with it. So my main thing right now, you know, for this next coming year, um, I would say is to bump myself back up to where, you know, ideally where I think the gym is going to be a lot more stable mm -hmm. to where I can start adding extra programs, extra hours and more accessibility. Again, making it to where it's a lot more bigger. But number wise, you know, I'm hoping that this next year I can, you know, really jump it up and gain a good 30, 40, 50 extra members really you know kicks me back up to where again i can really start pushing a lot more of the um you know different things that we can basically have for them all to utilize there at, you know in the same location so that's kind of my big thing too um you know as at the end of the day eventually i would like to also you know be able to even have an actual masseuse out of my gym to where you know people that need to get a little bit of work on afterwards, um, you know, sports therapy sessions, stuff like that, that could be something that could be included as well. So, you know, all that's going to be something that 
is going to be with time as we you know continue to grow then it'll give me the ability to start implementing all that other stuff as well um yeah, so yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, this next year like i said i got a lot of big hopes but yeah my main thing is you know about 30 to 50 new clients within this next year would be an you know and, I, and like we talked about good clients people are going to be staying on um that's going to really put us you know in a lot better space uh spot for us sweet man well yeah angel i love it dude um again thank you for being on the podcast today um i enjoy what you're doing over there and uh look forward to hearing back from you man after you uh you know get these new members in and keep growing uh thanks man thanks ryan thanks for having Absolutely. me again yeah and for our audience out there if you found value from this podcast please click the subscribe button so you can be alerted when new episodes are aired and if you're a gym owner and want to be featured on the podcast Click the link in the description, apply to be a guest. Until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's up, guys? I'm your host, Scott Brewer, and welcome back to Gym Lords Podcast, where we interview real gym owners. Maybe they're in the trenches. Maybe they're discovering more about their business and really just building their business knowledge as a whole. Today, we have Ray Boyd from Stanford, Connecticut. He is the owner of The Training Floor. Ray, say hello to Gym Lord Nation and then give us that 30-second elevator pitch about your business and where it is today. Hey, what's up, Gym Lords? This is Ray Boyd from The Training Floor and a quick <laughs> pitch. Um, if you're looking for a place that cares about you, that knows you're there, that's gonna hold you accountable, and get your results, the training floor is a place for you. Hell yeah. Love it. So we got accountability happening there. What are the services that you provide your current clientele? We offer personal training as well as small groups. Awesome, man. Okay, cool. So so what in your mind and your belief, because you've been in the business 13 years, a lot of different ways you could take this thing and maybe you're not fully where you want to be, but for the services that you just described to us, group classes, personal training, what brought you to this, you know, way of providing that service? Well, I mean, first and foremost, uh, been a trainer for years, started yeah. in box gyms, you know, I not object to big box gyms, but, you know, when I started this thing 13 years ago, I wanted to create a place that was different that um, focused on the clients, um, gave them the one-on-one -on -one needs and, and helped them hit their goals in a more isolated area. Um, and basically that's always been the business model. 
Um, and we just we just grew it from there. We just grew it from there. Just just focusing on people one on one, giving them that one on one attention. You know, big box gyms have problems with certain areas where they could designate for personal training. Um, here, it's all about personal training. I mean, my gym is designed for that one on one field. Gotcha. Okay, cool. So, all right. So you grew it from there, quote unquote. What does growth look like to you? Um, I mean, again, I'm going to go back, you know, we, I started, I had about four trainers and back then classes weren't that big in 2008. And I believe it's probably two years later is when we started doing more boot camp classes and actually selling memberships when, you know, so the business evolved that way. And at a certain point, um, our classes were way ahead of our personal training. Um, so, you know, like I said, we started out with that personal training. We started offering outdoor classes. I got an extra space next door. We opened it up. We grabbed some turf. We started doing different things. You know, classes went through the roof. Um, and that's how the business kind of grew. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does, right? And so what we're talking about in terms of growth then from your immediate eyes is service development, right? right? How you guys deliver the product. And I'm sure, I'm sure that you can describe to us some business intangibles benefits that came from that. And of course, I'm sure to the, the clients that you had as well. So can you speak to that a little bit more regarding what are the benefits to the business that you have felt the impact of? with that growth? Um, I mean, the benefits that, that, you know, look, listen, we've got clients that have been with us for years, um, you know, and a lot of it is based on our customer service. Um, and that to me is first and foremost towards our growth. Um, and based on that, the benefits that we have gotten from that is like I said, that's our soundboard. That's where everything started. And that is where, that's what created where we're at today and has given us that 13 years of, you know, outstanding customer service, not like any other gyms. Um, and people are willing to pay for that. People are willing to want to be a part of our community. Right. So community, customer service, high-end product, all these things contribute to people wanting to stay with you guys for a long time. You got your OGs, right? Correct. So, so, so what do you feel like has, um, has really been the, I, I want to say the foundation for the business. Is it finding that more high valued lifelong client or is it building horizontally to just acquire and scale your clientele? Uh, I think a little of both. Um, I think first and foremost, all the gym owners out there know that having a, a good client that suits your business model is always easier, is, is always better. And the other thing is that, you know, we also adjusted and, and kind of moved with, um, with fitness and it created more opportunities. So I would say a combination of, of both. And would you say that people are still on the personal training desire 
of how to get to their results? Or would you say group classes is all of a sudden looking a little bit more attractive to them? I don't know if you perform uh, semi-private type trainings where maybe there's two, three, or four training yeah. session people within a training session. Kind of talk to us about like where, where you feel like your business is starting to immediately focus on regarding the development of services. Right. That's, that's a good question. I'm glad you asked that because that's, that's huge for me right now. And Got it. like I mentioned before, we started with personal training. There was a point where we were selling memberships and we had, you know, I've got 4,000 square feet. We've had, and this is a small studio. We've had as much as 70 different people taking classes, you know, four to five times a week. Now, now the business model has changed because of COVID and I actually like it more mm -hmm. because now people are now focused on that one-on-one. -on -one. They really don't want to be in big groups. My small group training is, which is what I advertise. We average anywhere from six to eight people, okay. in those but I got to be honest, those six to eight people are now getting more attention and more results than sure. they did in 2019 when I was averaging 15, sometimes 20 in a class. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's logical, right? It's it's logical to think that, hey, if I have one or two trainers that are attending a group class that has maybe 15 to 20 people providing that type of service, maybe they're not getting as personal as they could or should be to where our product is being delivered how I want it to be as the business owner. Right. And then so naturally we've kind of scaled back into small group training, six to eight people. And now they're getting more of that personal touch. And not only does that benefit the client, but it tremendously benefits the business because now if we're looking at it from a per hour session, we are earning more money per hour. Okay. Absolutely. Even, even discounting too. Right. So like, so that kind of leads me into the pricing structure that I want to know about. Um, and I'm sure our listeners want to know about as well. How have you price structured this thing out? If you are doing like the gr small group model with the personal training model, what we've did, what we've done is we offer three basic memberships. Um, okay. and it's based on days of the week. Um, what we're finding, you know, pre pre COVID or, you know, wherever you want to say we are with, with this pandemic, is that people's time or people have realized that their time is more valuable. So, you know, if you would have saw me in 2019, you'd have been able to just buy unlimited classes. Um, now we tiered it out. So, um, you know, we have what we have our silver, which is, you know, three times a week at 215 a month. We also do unlimited classes for 265 and for 300 a month, we do unlimited classes and personal training more of a hybrid package. Got it. Is there, are there other levels of offers that you will create or is that it? For now, that is it. Um, because believe it or not, most of my small group people want to stay with small group and most of my personal training people want to stay with personal training. If I had you know, people that were taking personal training and said, hey, you know, I would like to take a class here and there. I would offer an incentive for them to do that. But to be honest, like I said before, you know, more people are geared towards 
personal training in that small environment. Gotcha. Okay, so then take me to, I want to learn about the client acquisition process. Take me through what that looks like. Okay, so we have a funnel set up. Um, you know, my phone rings all week. And the thing about it is, is I think, I mean, first and foremost, um, I had to come to grips with myself and I knew this and every gym owner knows this. You put together this gym, you're so proud of it. It's a great gym, but you yeah. have to understand you know, the training floor is a great place, but I'll be the first to tell you, it's not for everybody. Mm -hmm. So if, you know, if a person calls up, hey, I want to start taking small groups. I saw your videos. You guys are killing it. Mm -hmm. I've learned from experience. It's not that easy. Um, a, you don't want to just throw them into a class. So we funnel. So we do personal training sessions before they actually take a class. Does that make sense? Um, and what we try to do is we try to create that, that, that fork in the road where, you know, if they buy three half hours with one of our trainers to ramp them up for classes, sometimes at the end of those three sessions, they say, you know what, I really like working with Ryan one-on-one, right. You know, how does it look going into a package month to month? Or they say, this was great. I can't wait to get back into small groups either way. We want that person ready when they jump out on the floor. And I think that for every gym owner who has a private sector, like if you want to separate yourself, you know, that is the first and foremost thing because we don't want to set people up not to succeed. Right. Uh, you know, as you know, what clients say they are and what they really are can be two different things. Oh, when I was in eighth grade, I did this and that. You get them there and you tell them, okay, we're going to do kettlebell swings. You know, what are kettlebell swings? So <laughs> we we ramp up and we take it serious. And, and I got to be honest, it cuts down a lot of um, the problem issue of people being in classes that don't belong there, people quitting the gym, um, people feeling like they don't belong. I mean, it, it, I can't speak for everybody else, but it's worked for my facility. Right. Yeah, so there could be downsides if you didn't have this onboarding type process in the place to where you can kind of get into discovery mode about who this individual is and then where to direct them because where we direct them, what we come up with through our discovery process and onboarding process is who is this person going to be? How are they going to contribute? Where will they have success? Will they have success with us, right? It's not just cookie cutter we want to get this person into the gym because we need to, you know, make this money. No, that's not where you go. So tell me a little bit about if you were to choose, what's the primary place that you would direct them? Would that be in the personal training or the semi-private portion? Honestly, it depends on the person. Um, but more than likely, I mean, it really, you know, it depends on their goal. So it doesn't matter then business-wise to you. No. Gotcha. Okay. Um, I mean, what's more, what's more profitable personal training, but I mean, yeah, I love making a profit, but more importantly, um, I think my clients are important and longevity is important. I, you know, I wouldn't take Mrs. Jones who's 65 years old and try to get her to crush it in a class three, four times a week when we could actually work with Mrs. Jones one-on-one. Mm -hmm. uh, so, I mean, I'm in, I'm in it for the long run. So, you know, I would love to see everybody do personal training, but 
you know, listen, if, if you're a person that's ready for small groups, let's do it. So I really, so how many go ahead. Right, right. So how many members are you currently servicing? Just under 65. I just lost two this week who went back to, to work in the city. Um, you know, we're chucking along. We're chucking along. Got it. And so what is the, what is the outlook that you envision for the business regarding your clientele and getting everyone, you know, getting them utilizing the facility, whether that's personal training or group training, like, what does that look like? Is it 200 members? Is it a hundred members? Is it where you currently are? What does that look like? I like to stay just under a hundred. Um, you know, it's for me, um, it's peace of mind. Um, like I said, I've, I've, I've been in the game for 13 years. Um, and you know, it's, it's, it's anything is possible. Um, I mean, if I had 200 members sign up, I wouldn't turn them down, mm -hmm. but you know, it's, it's really a comfort zone. And that goes out to any gym owner. Like if you have this number in your mind, um, it's, it's really up to you and, and the way you structure it. Me, you know, I, I really just want to be happy and successful. What's more important to me right now is having that good client. Um, mm -hmm. I learned a long time ago that you don't have to have a crowded gym to be successful. Sure. You just have to have the right people. So, you know, what separates the training floor from a lot of gyms is that, like, you know, we're not looking for high value numbers. You know, we service our clients. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's what we want. We want that quality um, over quantity. Right. Yeah. So quality over quantity. Right. And so creating a more high value client, a high, uh, creating a more high value client who is a high quality client is number one for you guys. So how you can do that is through the service development that you have, right? If right. they, if they want semi-private training, they're going to get that, but hopefully they want personal training as well. So they're opting into both of these high ticket items, right? And then maybe, you know, is there any other service development that you're looking into? Maybe nutrition. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Maybe, yeah. So talk to us a little bit about service development in your mind and what that looks like. Um, I mean, we're thinking nutrition. Um, I, I think I forgot to mention the fact um, that I've also developed an incredible amount of online business okay. from the pandemic. So. Um, you know, I have three other trainers, um, but currently I have a few clients that during the pandemic that did not return to the gym, but we still train online. So that online presence is huge for small studios and one-on-one -on -one trainers, sure. um, along with, with nutrition, um, you know, anything that personalizes, right. personalizes, you know, my wife is here. She teaches a spin class on Sunday. Oh, we get cool. a yoga instructor in here every other month. Um, it's, it's really, you know, it's, we meet with our clients. We have clients that we talk to avatar clients and we get their input on how they feel Got about it. things. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we're, we're riding the bus, but we're driving the bus, but they're also involved. And right now I think, with what's going on in this world, like people want that clear space. Like they just mm -hmm. want to be able to go somewhere, get it done, get focused on and get it out. Um, and for me, that's huge because if you rewind back to 2019, I just think that the industry was 
a little bit different from where I'm standing at. Absolutely. It's incredibly different, right? There's big pivots and big changes that are having to be made. One of which you've done, which is the online type program, but I want to kind of stick to the brick and mortar specifically in this next line of questioning, because I'm very interested in what this looks like. And for me, I think that you're doing something that's very critical for any gym owner to do, which is keep their hand on the pulse of the clientele. And how that looks for you is personal feedback from them. Hey, is there anything that we're not doing service-wise that we can be providing you guys? And it sounds like nutrition is a way that you want to service your clients as well. I'm curious if you currently stay where you are regarding the services that you provide, whether that looks like personal training or semi-private training, if you don't implement new services like nutrition, supplements, right? Maybe merchandise sales, yoga, spin, whatever that looks like. Do you think that that not having those additional items could prevent your business from growing because you do have somewhat of a smaller clientele? Uh, in certain aspects. Um, but again, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, that word accountability across the board is, is key for growth with your clientele. Um, but, you know, are we going to be adding some of that stuff? Absolutely. Um, but again, you know, I've been here for 13 years and, you know, I think back, just imagine if I did have nutrition, I've never done nutrition. Um, right. you know, I worked with bodybuilders, but as far as I've never done with nutrition with my clients, and I'm not saying that I never will, um, but I think that for me, adding different things are important, are important. Right now, I think just getting people that accountability and getting their feedback, meeting with our clients, Every 30 days, mm -hmm. check folks. Um, hand on the pulse. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a hands-on uh, owner. I teach four classes a week. Yeah. Train clients, but I love it. I don't have to. I, I love it. Right. Um, but, you know, is there is there room for growth? Absolutely. It sounds like it sounds like you take on a lot of the responsibility regarding training or the sales process, right? The communication and interaction with potential clients that you're going to be onboarding into the program and services that you provide. So do you feel like your time is scarce to where maybe you can't focus enough on that service development that you feel like is important for the growth of the business? Um, at times, but um, I'm not responsible for all the sales. Um, I'm not responsible for all the personal training. I actually train my trainers. Um, it's something, and and you know, it 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 depends on the type of owner that you are. Um, I value my time. I know how much I make an hour. I divide it. I use the equation how much I make and divide it by the hours of the day. So I know exactly how much I make an hour. It's not a lot, but I know how much I make a, an hour. But <laughs> There's a passion in, in what I do. And this is, you know, like I said, this is the choices that business owners have to make. You know, it, it's better to work on your business than in your business is absolutely true. Mm -hmm. If you like doing both, I, for, for now, like doing both. Right. But my trainers, I just went on vacation with my family. We were up in the Cape um, and they signed up three new people. So... Mm -hmm. 
they know how to do things. Um, right. You know, me, myself, like I said, I like to be involved in things. I mean, I, I, I can be like the Jerry Jones sometimes. Oh, I love that. Did you say, Jerry, did you just talk about the Cowboys owner? Listen, listen. This is New England Patriot town, brother. Now, you're on the Northeast, man. This is New England Patriots, but I do like the Cowboys. But um, back to what you were saying. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, there will be a point. There will be a point um, where um, I will have other people doing what I'm doing. Right. Um, But I always want to have something. You know, I always, even if it's just one class, um, but yeah, I, I, and I think that's important. That's, that's a huge topic that you talked about. That's yeah. Huge. Yeah. Especially, you know, creating a more high value client for the business to where you can almost just, I feel like it goes overlooked sometimes where people feel like it's, it's this volume game. We need to get, we need to get to this number. Like you described earlier, like I was describing and it's like, no, we, what we need to do is focus on the clients that we do have and so- develop develop all the services they're looking for because believe me you are not the only service in town that they're getting they're they're going out they're leaving your gym and they're going to get massages or they're going to get supplements or they're going to get nutrition and diet coaching and they're going on youtube and seeing what they can do there but if you can develop a program that offers every single service that they budget for believe me you can find your business two times in or three times in just because you've created a more high valued client. So regarding you mentioning like, Hey, in time, this will come in time. My trainers will be doing everything that I'm doing to where I can kind of just sit back, relax, enjoy the show, right. Um, behave in a casual way to where I am taking on classes or training times when I want to, when I feel like it. So when that time does come, what do you focus on? How, how do you go about implementing some of those things? Well, again, I mean, it's, you know, you, you implement them slowly. Um, you know, I, you know, you start to give your, your hand things off to your staff members um, and trust them. Um, and when that time does come, you know, my place in the business, you know, I guess, again, that's, that's working on the business versus working in the business. Right. Help them with more marketing, talking with more people in the community, right. um, doing more of that. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's everything that you're saying is right. Um, but you know, that segue to that, um, you have to prepare your staff for that. And they know that, you know, right. one thing I do is I've got, I've got a, a binder with how to do everything in my gym from right. the moment you get out of your car to the door, how to open up the gym um, <laughs> and the staff members have that. Um, Got it. So, you know, it, it's, it's just a matter of putting that into place even more, but it's there. It's right. there. Right. That system, that protocol, right. That step-by-step process that people can follow and kind of latch onto. And it's just an extension of that and, and what that represents, whether that's into the marketing side of things whether you're marketing on social media to acquire more clients or get your message out there, right. Or even in the sales process when onboarding a client and even during the training program, and then also retaining your clients, right. How to kind of transition them into more services that you guys provide 
over time. Right. And, and of course, I mean, what you talked about, like speaking to people and developing relationships with people that maybe have been there and done that and understand how to, how to implement those things successfully to where now our, our clientele are taking them very positively and they're responding incredibly well to it and how to attach an offer to the new additions of things, right? Hey, we got this thing, here's the offer. Making it so attractive to where they're gonna feel stupid saying no to that new service, right? Right. Some of those critical things. And I'm curious, like if, if business intelligence and business development and business relationships is something important to you, what it's have a, you- it, I'm sorry to cut you off, but yeah. you're right. That's, that's huge, that's huge. But go ahead, finish. I just want to well, emphasize. Well, yeah, so if those things are big to you, right, and and those things are areas where you would put yourself to learn more about before implementing, have you ever done that? Have you ever reached out to other people that have maybe developed new services inside their business with success? Do you know people that are doing that today? Where are you at on that? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, I have business mentors that are in the industry that I speak to um, on a monthly basis, um, involved in Facebook groups, just like that. Um, always a hand on the pulse, um, seeing what's going on and you know, also realizing that what works there might not work here, what works here might not work there. Right. Uh, but yeah, I think as a business owner, that's huge. Um, you should always be looking at different avenues of success and you should always have resources that can help you, you know, implement that success just by hearing their story, seeing what they're doing. Right. Exactly. It sounds like you are not a man who is um, ever going to reject that opportunity to speak to someone because here's why I think that Mm. it's because you are so dialed in to the service that you provide and you understand that your service is not for everyone. So when you go out and you gather all of this information and you take it in, you can be so accurate in judging whether or not that will be beneficial for your business or it won't be. And so what you do is you just take that information and either disregard it or you take that information and say, you know what, this would really work with what we do. I'm gonna, I'm gonna learn more about this or even just take it and adopt it and implement it right away. Um, yes and no. I mean, I've failed at that. I've, I've tried some things that I thought would work for my clientele and failed miserably. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. Um, and my clients know that I'm not perfect. Um, you know, especially coming out of the pandemic, doing different things that maybe my facility wasn't ready for, my community wasn't ready for. Yeah. Um, you know, one notable things, you know, certain types of challenges. Like, you know, sometimes the word challenge just scares my clientele, mm. you know, like, Ray, we, we don't want to be challenged. Can we just please just work out? We don't want to check. <laughs> but That's funny. it's, it's, it's true, but you know, it, it's true. You, you, you have to figure out, you know, the things that work for you and it is a benefit being dialed in. Um, but you know, I still make mistakes. I still Does make- that ever stop you from continuing to like, like whether, these things were not taken well by your clients or they didn't want to utilize them and you didn't have a lot of success one trying to implement it. 
does that stop you? And does that just really keep you focused on what you're currently doing? Or are you always trying to find new things to add into the business? I'm always trying to, yeah, yeah, which goes back to what we were saying before. I am um, slowly, change slowly. Um, but if I fail, um, and I have, um, you know, just to give an example with scheduling, guys, like, like, be like, we're talking post pandemic, which is yeah. huge huge hurdle for gym owners um, because, you know, and I just want to go down that avenue for a sec, if you don't mind. Yeah. Um, You know, when this thing started, yeah, I had a huge clientele. I lost a few, right? I stayed in touch with them during the pandemic to shut down. We still online train, but when the gym opened up and I specified to them through newsletters, We'll be back open, but it won't be business as usual. Right. Restrictions, six feet apart, mass, you know, X amount of people can only be in the class. Right. Um, there was, you know, there was some mistakes. Yeah. I mean, scheduling, you know, sure. I, you know, it was, you know, everybody had to do three times a week. Like there was no unlimited because we just couldn't fit the capacity to have everyone show up for a 6 a.m. class. Right. Well, you know, four or five people. Did people like that? No. Did I lose some people? Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, very, it's not often when you implement something that's new and it works right away. right. Right. And, and so that's, I think that that's why, and I feel like we're really aligned on this side of it to where that's why it's super critical to kind of seek information to figure out what works and what doesn't work. Like, like what has had success before, right? Like, like what offers have been introduced to where people latch onto them versus dismiss them? What scheduling has been done to where this really works for people? Like, like what's been beta tested where I can just adopt, save myself time, trial, tribulation, and also the potential of losing clients, right? Like you've experienced. And so um, it's, does it sound like you're aligned with that as well to where you're almost an information seeker? Like you're willing to kind of speak to people that have had success in these areas before you? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But again, you know, being dialed into your community helps you. Yeah. Eventually. Like it, it doesn't matter what Jim is doing in his gym up the street. Um, if he's offering 7 a.m. classes, if my right. clientele has to be on a, you know, 715 train out of Stanford into Manhattan. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I- information is power, is key. Um, but again, you know, you got to take what works for you. And what doesn't work for you, you can't use it. That's why it's even more critical when you are referring to um, people who understand you and your business, right? Who understand the business model that you roll out to get information from, right? Because if I want, you know, if I want information on, uh, you know, on how to fire a gun, you know, I'm probably not going to fucking go ask you know, my babysitter, who's my age, I'm probably going to go, I'm going to go ask some like military guy who's been trained on how to fire weapons before. Same is true for you. Like if I want to figure out something within my business, I need to contact and seek information from people who are very knowledgeable in the business model that you're currently rolling out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a great point. Absolutely. Um, 
Yeah. So to kind of wrap up the show, then, can you just tell our listeners um, if you were to go back 13 years ago and speak to your younger self, knowing what you know today, what's the number one piece of advice that you would have for yourself? Don't take it personal. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Um, you know, again, you know, mistakes I've made, I've made a few, um, you know, and I think that's, that's one thing that as business owners, you have to allow yourself, you know, some costly, some just educational, um, or all just educational. But, you know, if, if I could go back, I just, you know, I wish I was as smart as I am now about the business, uh, about the gym business. Um, right. again, I would, I would, I would just be more mindful of, of the surroundings and probably educate myself more. So when I opened up my gym, there wasn't gym Lords. There wasn't mentor groups. There wasn't Facebook pages for gym right. owners. You right. see what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, and thanks to, to platforms like this, sure. you know, with these podcasts and, and these, these Facebook pages, it helps. It speaks to that entrepreneur who is maybe trying to get their gym off the feet and need some advice or are struggling with different things. Like you right. said, it's, it's invaluable. Like this information is huge. I wish that was around in 2008 when I opened up this gym. So now that that is available, guys who are starting out now, or even businesses that have been up for years, like don't, don't look at those things as you don't need them, right? Be, be proactive in seeking information, even if you feel like you don't need it. Maybe there's something that you can pick up on this little golden nugget that can prove to be invaluable for the business and, and utilize these platforms because <laughs> 10 years ago, they weren't there. That's right. That's right. And, you know, the more I learn, the more I learn how much I don't know. So, Right. You, know, you, never, you never stop learning. Never stop learning. Been in the business, had this gym for 13 years. I still do seminars. You know, I'm still involved in groups. I still Sweet. have mentors. Sweet. Uh, it's huge. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Uh, Ray, show's wrapped. Where can our listeners find you online? Uh, you can check out my Instagram. It's the training floor, one word. Um, you can check us out on Facebook, The Training Floor. Uh, my website is thetrainingfloor.org. I'd love to hear from you guys. Um, you know, you want to kick around some ideas. You want to check out my videos. I make them all myself. I love it. Um, <laughs> I'm a guy that just enjoys, guys. Uh, you know, I've been lucky with success, but I just, I, at the end of the day, I do it because I enjoy what I do. Hell yeah. We love that, Ray. Thank you so much for being on the show. I know I speak for Jim Lord Nation when I say it's been an absolute pleasure. Jim Lord Nation, go check him out, The Training Floor. You got Ray here. He's doing some really good things. And thank you guys once again for tuning in to another episode of Jim Lord's podcast. If you like what Ray and I had to say today, please don't forget, smash that subscribe button below in order to be notified of our next episode. Until then, take care, and we will see you next time. Jim Lords, out.
Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.